Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with the Friday broadcast. And hey, you made it through another week, so congratulations. And uh, today we are wrapping up a three-part series on prayers that will change your life. Now, I want you to know that when you pray, God answers your prayers. In Amos 3.7, it says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. You know, there are over 43,000 Chinese restaurants in the United States. That's a lot of places to eat, right? And when you think about all of these restaurants, they have an unbelievable opportunity for you to find what you would like to eat in these various Chinese restaurants. When you go there, you get a fortune cookie, right? And then sometimes you get a fortune cookie and it's got the little thing in the inside of it. And then on the back, it says, well, if you want another fortune, you can call in a number or you can go to a website. And a lot of people put a lot of stock in that kind of stuff. But I want you to know, if you truly want to know what's happening, you got to be in God's word. If you truly want to hear about what God's plan is for the future, you got to be in God's word. And as we're in God's word, we pray God's word back to him, and then he gives us his direction. So let's continue our journey through praying the Bible with prayers that can change your life. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. This is 17, number 17. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, that he might grant to you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, that's verses 14 through 19. John Stott provides a helpful summary of the four key petitions in this prayer. Paul's prayer is like a staircase by which he ascends higher and higher in his aspiration for them. It has steps whose key words are strength, that they might be strengthened by Christ and his indwelling through the Spirit. So that'd be the first step is the strength that we have in Christ. Secondly would be the love, that they might be rooted and grounded in love. And then the third step would be knowledge, that they might know Christ's love in all its dimensions. Uh, Although it's beyond knowledge, we can get a beginning of an understanding of the love that God has for us. And then the fourth step would be fullness, that we might be filled up to the very fullness of God. You know, each of these four key petitions is something we need more of in our lives and is something that we can ask God for. After asking God for these things to be true in the lives of the church of Ephesus, Paul ends his prayer with a praise. So if God begins to reveal to you, and I know that he will, if he begins to give you his strength, if you begin to experience his love, if you begin to have a deeper knowledge of who he is, If you have that fullness of God living within you, you should be giving thanks. 
Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, one of the reasons I love being involved in the church, because I look at the church and I says, this is beyond my ability. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Listen, do you want God to do abundance in your life? Do you want him to do abundantly more than you ask or think? You've got to trust him. Trust him and pray believing that he will come through. And I know he will. I know from personal experience, and I know based upon God's word. Well, we're on number 18. Now we're in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. Now this is Paul's doxology talking about riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God. So just kind of get the context in your mind. Romans 1 through 11 is regarded by many as the most detailed and the most glorious explanation of the gospel before transitioning to the practical application of the gospel found in chapters 12 through 14, the Apostle Paul ends his explanation of the gospel with his glorious doxology. And he says, oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Well, who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and in him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but that lifts my spirits when I read that passage. There is no one like our God. I love how verse 36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. Here are all things. Where did God come from? God is the maker of all things from him. What holds the universe together? God is the sustainer of all things through him. What is the purpose of my life? God is the goal of all things to him. He alone deserves all the glory. Well, we're down to 19. Also in the book of Romans. Verse number 13. This was a theme verse for our church a couple years ago. Paul's prayer for joy, peace, and hope. I love how he puts this together. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Oh, the God of hope overflowing in our lives, resulting in us being filled with joy being at peace. I mean, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. We are told in this short prayer by the Apostle Paul, uh, we learn that the fountain of joy and the peace is our God, that God is giving us hope. And he doesn't just give us a little bit of joy and a little bit of peace, but all joy, all peace, and the result of filling us with peace and joy in believing in that we abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, this is amazing when you think about it. As you maybe battle sickness, maybe you're battling a sickness that will eventually take your life. I know many people that meditate on God's Word when they get toward the end of their life. I've heard of one pastor who told about his mom who battled with cancer. That cancer eventually took her life. She meditated on Romans 15, 13, writing on the whiteboard of her hospital room to anchor her soul in the God of hope. Her hope was realized. Her hope was found, and her joy and her peace was found in the presence of Christ. Well, we've got another verse that we've got to look at. Down to passage number 20. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. This is Paul's prayer for spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so, he says, From the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. In the New International Version Zonovan Study Bible, Dr. David Garland comments on this passage, and he says, Paul describes four elements of a life that is worthy of and fully pleasing to the Lord. You ever wonder how you can please God? Well, Paul gives us some insight. Number one, bearing fruit. Number two, growing in the knowledge of God. Number three, being strengthened for endurance and patience. And then number four, by giving thanks, joyful thanks. These fundamentals will fend off the harmful pressures from false teachers. Pray these petitions to ground yourself in Christ and to root yourself in sound doctrine. Let's repeat this one again. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and all understanding. So as you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Number 21, Philippians 1, 9 through 11, Paul's prayer for love, knowledge, and discernment. He says, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, if you ever wonder how to pray and live in these confusing days that we're living in, days that are filled with division and tension relationally, Philippians 1, 9 through 11 gives the answer. Paul wants the Philippians to grow in love and for their love to abound more and 
more. This love is to be accompanied by knowledge and discernment. We need to know God and His ways. We also need to discern right from wrong and wisdom from foolishness when we are facing challenges and challenging situations. You see, when God equips us with love, knowledge, and discernment, we will be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, and we'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness. What a glorious outcome. Joy and righteousness. Well, I got to move on to 22. Prayers that change your life. In 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 2, Paul prays for the advancement of the gospel. He says, brothers, pray for us that the word of God may spread ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. What a powerful prayer this would be. Would you pray that the gospel will advance? Has it ever occurred to you that maybe the reason that loved ones that you deeply love don't receive the gospel is because you haven't fervently prayed for them? If you find yourself perpetually discouraged as you think about the wicked, go on the offense by praying for the wicked to be saved, for the word of the Lord to to speed ahead of you, to be honored in your life, to be honored in your family, to be honored in your church and in your community and among all evildoers. The word of God sped ahead in the life of Paul, transferring him from a violent terrorist, a persecutor, a gospel hater, the gospel sped ahead of him into the Thessalonian church. I want you to know, prayer changes people. Also pray on the defense that believers and ministry leaders will be delivered from the wicked and evil men so they can continue to proclaim the gospel without hindrance. Number 23, Acts 4. Pray a prayer for boldness in sharing the gospel. Now, I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about confidence and boldness. Acts 4, 24 through 30, we discover that after preaching Jesus as the risen Savior, Peter and John, they were apprehended by the authorities. They were charged not to speak or not to teach in the name of Jesus. Well, after their release, they gathered their friends together and they prayed. And they asked for what might surprise you. They asked for the sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who by the mouth of the Father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why do the heathens rage and why do the peoples plot vain? The kings of the earth set themselves up and their rulers are gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontus, Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Don't you love the audacity of these early followers of Christ? They don't pray a, a Casper milk toast type of prayer. They pray in the power of the Lord that they will have the ability to continue to speak the word with 
boldness. Now notice what they didn't ask for. They didn't ask for freedom from continued persecution, which, by the way, is a fine prayer, but that wasn't the focus. They prayed for boldness in sharing the gospel. God responds immediately to their prayer. And when they had prayed, verse number 31, Acts chapter 4, the place in which they gathered was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Oh, don't you love that? With courage. Number 24. Now we're going to look at the book of Jude. One short little book, one short little chapter, verses 24 and 25. I guess we could call the book of Jude a, a doxology, praising God for his ability to keep us from stumbling, to keep us from getting sucked into false teaching and false doctrine. Jude 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Jude opens his very short epistle basically saying, this is what I wanted to write in verse number three. He explains that he was very eager to write to you about a common salvation, but he said, I found it necessary to go to a place I didn't want to go. I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to all the saints. You see, there were internal and external threats attacking the church and And many were being lured toward ungodliness. Two key commands of the book are to, number one, contend for the faith. Keep on keeping on. And then number two, to keep yourselves in love with God. A difficult task, no doubt. But as we pray that the Lord gives us the tenacity to contend for the faith, and that the Lord will keep us in love with him, we will discover that we can keep from stumbling. Jude closes this very short epistle with a praise. While we labor to keep ourselves in the love of God and free from stumbling into sin, God is able to keep us. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, You can never make yourself faultless, but Christ can. He wants to do it. He has opened a fountain for sin and for uncleanness. Wash and be cleaned. Hey, have you messed up? That's okay. Fess up. Wash and be clean. Confess your sins one to another. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As you persevere, in following Jesus. Ask God to help you. Ask him to present you blameless before the present day with great joy. I want you to know he is able. Well, I've got one final passage to look at. Number 25, in prayers that will change your life. Revelation 22, 20. It's the prayer 
I guess you could say, to end all prayers. Just three words found in part of this verse. Come, Lord Jesus. There's no better way to end this list of prayers that will change your life than to share the prayer the Bible ends with. Come, Lord Jesus. Revelation 22.20. You know, it's common to hear the cries like end justice and end trafficking and end racism. Oh, that's good. We as believers should also wholeheartedly agree with these cries, and yet praying, Come, Lord Jesus. It raises the bar as high as possible. It includes those cries and several more that are much greater. End sin, end all suffering, end death. Well, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Ask God to end everything that makes the world broken and ask him to to make all things new. It's the prayer to end all prayers because when Jesus returns, our faith will return to the site, to the right place, and will no longer be struggling with sin, no longer allured to sin. What a joy that will be. Well, I hope these 25 passages have helped you to have prayer in your life that will change your life drastically. Maybe you're listening to me today and you say, I have an unspectacular life. I want my life to count. I want my life to make a difference. Solomon weighs into that subject in Ecclesiastes 12, verse number 13. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Solomon lived a spectacular life, highlighted by untold riches. He had a thousand wives and concubines. He was able to build the majestic temple. But at the end of his life, he writes these daunting words. All is vanity and a striving after wind. At a 2017 high school commencement ceremony, teacher Eric Ling told about somebody who had lived a far less spectacular life, his father, who died 18 months earlier. As Ling grew up, his father spent a lot of time alone in his study. In the house for the first time after his father's death, Ling went into that study. In his desk drawer was a long prayer list of specific people and exactly what they were going through, said Lang, with a reminder to himself, pray daily. Next to it was a second list, a list of people my father knew who needed help, and it listed exactly the type of help that they needed. Several of these uh, he had crossed out one by one. Uh, What a testimony. In the most private and alone times, my father was living out what he believed, not for personal recognition, but for the kingdom. At the funeral, person after person spoke to us of how my father just showed up. Whenever someone was in need, he was there. There was significant, this was significant for many reasons, but mostly because my father was painfully quiet. He would blend into any room unnoticed. 
He actively spurned recognition of any kind. He lived by earthly standards an unspectacular life and experienced limited professional success. Yet he had a high calling. His vocation was to show God's love to others by being faithful with his gifts. And everyone he encountered, including myself, saw glimpses of the kingdom through this very simple man. Humility, self-sacrifice, love of God, love of others, generosity. May each of us live an unspectacular life of obedience and faithfulness. So I close this Friday broadcast asking God to take these prayers in these 25 passages that we've looked at. Take these prayers, allowing us to accomplish what you want with our lives, to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. Father, accomplishments do not measure a man's worth, but help us to be obedient to the extraordinary plan that you have in our ordinary lives. And then we will discover, although our life may be unspectacular, it was a life of meaning and purpose and blessing to others. Thank you for being with us for another week of broadcast. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.